0: the last step for me and what's helped me is the fifth one is resources and um, I have sought out a variety of resources through the years for whatever reason we're talking about either because of my first marriage or because getting help when you're disabled you have to get a lot of things to be able to do what I've done and that's fine and I'm glad for them but you still have to learn and kind of get past that thing of well I shouldn't ask for help or I can't well you got to. in my case you got to kind of get over that kind of quickly
1: To overcome, you must educate. Educate not only yourself, but educate anyone seeking to learn. We are all dead America. We can all learn something. To learn, we must challenge what we already understand. The way we do that is through conversation. Sometimes we have conversations with others. However, some of the best conversations happen with ourselves. Reach out and challenge yourself. Let's dive in and learn something right now. Today we are joined by a returning guest, Michaela Cox. Michaela has multiple books out, and we are going to speak about her new book, Now I See, A Lifetime of Learned Truths Along My Journey Through Life. Michaela, could you please introduce yourself to our audience and let yes. them know just a little bit more about you, please? Yes, I would
0: be glad to. I'm Michaela S. Cox. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I am, as you said, a multi published author now. And I'm a speaker, and I've lived a very interesting journey. I like to call it 38 Triple G, uh, a journey of learning how to go from much tribulation to thriving in all things, and that involves lifelong disability of legal blindness, a divorce of 26, and death of my beloved husband by age 38, and threw me into solo parenting, and that was four years ago.
1: So it says here, Michaela wants you to take this journey so that you can be empowered to learn how to come out of the other side of your own tribulations and climb up the mountain and thrive in all things in your life. It seems you do that pretty well, Michaela. How do you keep up with it all?
0: You mean from a practical standpoint or for more of like how I've managed
1: life? More of a logistics. Um, How have you managed life? Uh, Through different coping mechanisms and different skill
0: sets, I learned a lot of them early on because I've had my disability since the day I was born. So I've had, you know, going on 43 in November, 43 years of practice. So I try and do it well. Um, A lot of it, um, if anyone's had a disability, they know most things in the body when something's lacking. The rest of the body will compensate for the area of lacking. So I have really good hearing. I have good memory. Um, I have, it's not necessarily a body part, but I have good organization skill. I'm a great planner. I'm very resourceful. I've learned to think outside the box. You know, Uh, chaos is not my friend. (laughs) I like lots of order and organization and just systems of methodologies and approaches to handling whatever's in front of me and just figuring things out and doing what has to be done, you know.
1: Yeah, you do a lot. You write a lot of books, and you're out there doing a lot of podcasting. This is reliving your life in many ways. Every time you uh, come across a new question or something challenging, you relive parts of your life. So in this journey, does it help you cope and understand your life a little better?
0: Yeah, and like I said, I've been. It's not
1: anything new to me. It's not like I had one
0: life and had like a. I'm not making a light of anyone's experience, but it wasn't like I had one life and then something caused the disability. I've. It's the only reality I know. I don't know what the world looks like through normal eyes. It's what I've always known. I've never. I'll never know any different. So it's just what I've always done. You know, it wasn't like it was one way, and then through some whatever situation, I woke up to a different reality. Of it. I've been this way literally since I took my first breath, and it's not fixable. So it will be this way until I pass away. So it's just what I do. And, you know, when we're given situations like things I describe in my 38 Triple D, you either figure out how to deal with them, even if you may not be able to remove them, you get around them, or you don't. You you have a choice to make that choice, but you don't have a choice in the sense of if you want to succeed and do well in life, you have to find a way Either push through it find a way around it or what to do with it or something, especially if it's immovable like a disability. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, it does. And you know, of course, that's a very hard truth. And when you're faced with it and you have to do something, it is definitely a motivator. So in your introduction, it says, uh, now I see life lessons and truths learned through my life's journey. So what is the biggest truth you have learned so far in your life's journey?
0: Um, I would say it's
1: five. Um, It would would be
0: um, for the ones that are religious-based. It has been my faith. I know that's not for everybody. Mine has been my faith first and foremost. And then after my faith, it would be, um, like I said, life is a choice. Um, You may not get to choose what you're given, like, I didn't choose to be born with a disability. I didn't get to, well, I did walk away from a first marriage, but I didn't choose the situation as far as what caused that to be the result. And I definitely didn't choose to lose uh, my husband, the love of my life, and my children's father, When, while not the youngest, at a young age, to have such a major curveball. And you're like, they were six and three at the time. I didn't choose any of that. I didn't ask for it. No one does, okay? No one wants those things to happen. But they happen nonetheless. So it came down to I can either do something about this or not. And so I've always chosen, like I said, a lot of these lessons we're talking about and truths I learned at a young age because of the disability. And they helped me then. But They also kind of were able to help me through the next two that would come along, you know, come to find out down the road in my journey because it's the same skill set. It's just a different obstacle to work with, you know. And so I learned I can either let my circumstances define my life Or I can say, no, this is unacceptable. I'm going to define it for myself, and I'm going to do what I have to do, and that's what I've always chosen.
1: That is powerful. So we all have bad days. What coping mechanisms does Michaela find throughout these bad days to help her go to the next day?
0: I think that plays into the third thing that's helped me a lot. Um, There's a reason why in our culture that we say mindset matters and this key and you know mind over matter like if you put your mind to something you can do just about anything there's power in how we manage our mindset we may not be able to control what thoughts or feelings we have as human beings and that's okay because that's what gives us our humanity we are human and that's part of the human experience but we do get to choose once we have those thoughts and feelings what we want to do with them and how we want to use them to either help us or not like You may have a day where you're more on the okay end of the spectrum. Like, I've got this. This is going to be okay. I can do this. Or you may have a day where it's not so okay, like this really sucks, which honestly a lot of life does. It's not a bed of roses and it's not always fair or just. And a lot of these things I've been through, they're not fair and they're not just and it does suck. But I had to choose after dealing with the feelings or the emotions of what the crap, am I going to stay in what the crap end of the spectrum or am I going to do something about it and get productive or positive or, you know, try and pivot and rotate my, Now I'm not always the greatest at it. I'm not here to say I have all the answers. Like you said, we all have bad days, but we still get to choose what we do with that. And I think oftentimes if we can control our mindset and help it to work towards our advantage, that will help us stay on track with the choices we want to pursue to achieve our goals and mindset. A lot of times that's half the battle So if you can find moments of positivity or a good outlook or, you know, maybe some things to be grateful for or maybe some things to be happy about, you know, because happiness is a choice, you know, it's a joyful thing. It could be small, but it still is enough to maybe move the needle to keep you in a positive direction to be able to say, I've got this, I can do this, I'm going to figure this out, I'm going to see this through, I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to stop, whatever that is, I will persevere, you know, I'm determined then that can help you on this journey or whatever you're going through to get to the other side
1: of whatever it is you may be going through. Yeah, that's wonderful. So let's get into the book a little bit. I don't want to give away a lot of this book because it's a very powerful book and it's a very easy read. There are short chapters in this book, but it's dedicated to very point uh driven material here right on page 26 it says as i got through middle school and high school it wasn't so much the teasing as it was the rejection and the lack of acceptance i found in my peers that is very remarkable a lot of us that's all we want is acceptance Right. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, please? It was really hard. Um, I
0: know y'all aren't seeing what I look like unless y'all've seen maybe my author photo on the back of my book. I'm red hair. Okay. I'm <laughs> white skin. Okay. And then my whole life since second grade, I've been in glasses. And I'm, I love my freckles, but I'm very freckly. Okay. Especially during the summer months, they come out in fine fashion. If you saw <laughs> me today, you're like, whoa, a fresh freckle explosion on her face. And during the winter, not so much. But that kind of comes with the territory with redhead. And kids can be great, but they can also be very cruel. So think of it starting in second grade. You have this redhead little very pasty white girl yes. with freckles and blue eyes. Her always sitting at the front of the class. She's always taking longer on her exams or or assignments. And she's always wearing glasses or the teacher's always having to help her. Or depending on what year we're talking about, she has some sandango piece of equipment. So there was no secret. Okay. It was no secret. Everybody knew I was the different one. Okay. So for most of my childhood in high school, except for a few um exceptions, I pretty much didn't have friends to pal around, pal around with at school. And I usually was the easy target. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I was four eyes or, you know, carrot top or whatever the crap, cruel thing they wanted to put on it that day. And bullied and harassed. I'm like, I don't even know what I would have to deal with, you know, in this crazy world we live in. with Cyberbullying. I think that would be too much.
1: Yeah. But
0: because you know, school, you go home at the end of the day, but still, it's you know, internet, you 27 do Um. So I had all that, and then that was stressful and hard, and knowing you don't really have friends, you know, at what point we're talking about, and then the stress of I'm having to work extra hard everybody else and taking longer just to come up with decent grades instead of, you know, I think it's great when someone's, you know, really able to just not do a lot and still have, you know, strong grades, but that was not me. I had to work very hard for everything I've ever done in my life, and it always took me longer, you know, so it's just, and you compound that, and someone who doesn't understand, you know, and you're, you didn't ask for this. You were born with something that you had no control over, and yet you're getting, scrutinized for something that no one understands and it's 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 a load of craft and so you're like seven and eight and you know whatever age is going through this and you face it day in and day out pretty much every year of school like I said once it transitioned to middle school it wasn't so much as the teasing it was just outright rejection and shunning (laughs) so I mean I had a few friends each year but um I kind of hung with a different crowd and a lot of times they were kind of very transit, so they were always in and out. And I finally got who would end up being a bestie in high school, but we went to different schools, even though we went to the same church. So, and even at my church, and this is no way against the church because I love the church and I'm a strong believer, and I don't it didn't hurt my faith, but I faced rejection and, and lacking of acceptance in church for a long time. And I wasn't really established in my youth group until ninth grade. So I kind of had a double whammy in middle school. So now it worked out and I was fine. And I, I love a lot of memories from my youth group years in high school, but that wasn't always the case. And then when I got to college, I finally caught like a social break and kind of got to come into my own. And, you know, people kind of grow up, thank God. (laughs) And realize that stuff doesn't really matter. And let's all be cool individuals and just, you know, get to learn and grow and enjoy each other. But, you know, and so I had a few friends in high school, but, it was just very scattered all throughout most of my education prior to college.
1: Yeah, that touched on a little bit of my next question or comment also. That that behavior extended into your church, and you dealt with a bully in church, a yeah. place that we all go to for this solace, you know, to find relaxation and comfort and here it is within our churches how did that make you feel
0: like i said it was hard i mean i was he he and i grew up together um third through 12th grade so it started before youth group but you know you kind of just learn to roll with it and hopefully it doesn't affect you and i tried and some days it was better and some days it wasn't and i just tried to avoid him quite honestly <laughs> You know, yeah. and eventually when I got my own bestie, I kind of stayed within my own little circle once I kind of got a few friends, and I just like, okay, fine. Obviously, you know, this is who you are right now in life, and fine, you can't do anything about it, and hopefully you'll learn one day.
1: So. That's anyway. really really taking a logical approach to the behaviors of others that you can't really control, and I like that. And I mean,
0: I didn't do it perfectly. I mean, I was a hormonal teenager myself. Too, oh, so of course. I, You know, be all emotional about it, but I tried to do that, you know.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about toxic people in relationships and how you need to shed that off to really start identifying what your true nature is.
0: I think that's a really hard thing for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. It has to do with the way we're raised and like how we're supposed to treat people, and that's wrong because we have to be nice and kind, which we should. I'm not saying that. But I think sometimes when we're brought up and we want to do the right thing, we think, oh, we have to do this. And it's hard to distinguish between, yes, you want to be good to people and you want to be nice to people, but not at the risk of your own personal space and safety and boundaries, you know. And I think that's a blurry line sometimes. And I think that's very hard for people to be willing to develop and put in place unless you have like a really strong personality, you know. And learn the difference between assertiveness and aggression and just affirming your stance. I mean, that's taken me a long time with certain people in my life to really work that out. And, I've, and the the last step for me and what's helped me, the fifth one is resources. And um, I have sought out a variety of resources through the years for whatever reason we're talking about, either because of my first marriage or because getting help. When you're disabled, you have to get a lot of things to be able to do what I've done and that's fine. And I'm glad for them, but you still have to learn and kind of get past that thing of, well, I shouldn't ask for help or I can't. Well, you got to, in my case, you got to kind of get over that kind of quickly. But I'm a fan of counseling. I have you no know, problem saying I'm in counseling. So, I've done a lot of work with um, counseling to try and figure out some of that harder relationship aspect of our personal lives. You know, so, And there's great books on that. Um, I don't know if anyone in your audience who might be looking for some of the tools or techniques for handling that. Um, there's an author that a lot of people heard of, um, Henry, Dr. Henry Cloud. He wrote the book Boundaries, and then he's done a whole series on it. And then he created own, I think, Necessary Boundaries or something like that, dealing with the toxic, you know, type interactions yeah. in our lives. So, I would highly recommend that author and those books to anyone who might really want more information on how to specifically deal with that
1: aspect. You know, that's so. very important, right there. What you just touched on, Michaela boundaries. A lot of people don't know how to set boundaries or understand what boundaries really are. So, you know, through your writings, you, you have this message and it states in your book that you have a unique message and you share it through a unique lens. What is your goal for this And what motivates you the most to get this unique message out?
0: Specific to this current book or in general for why I write?
1: Basically the whole overall picture.
0: I've always been a writer. It's what I've always done it. I was writing and obviously what I write now, I, I didn't write in second and fourth grade, but I've always written. It's always been a part of who I am. It's what I do. It's my essence. It resides in me. I'm, If I'm not doing it, I'm thinking about it. So, and I just feel like I was given this, I I hope, talent and a gift that helps people. But this thing in my life that I can use, and I've been given, as y'all can see and hear, this interesting story that's developed into an experience and a journey that taught me a lot of things, that we all go through tribulations and struggles and challenges. And Mm -hmm. mine may be different for someone else's, and theirs may be different from mine, but it's still a challenge. And how you work through challenges is the same, whether it's a different type of challenge from one person to the next or not. If you want to overcome it and be empowered to work through it you still have to have, it's like having the same muscle set to do a certain exercise. It's still the idea of your overcoming. So I feel like with my unique life story and journey I've been taught certain things that I feel like can be helpful to everyone no matter what they may be going through and I feel like I've been called and purposed with to use it, to contribute to hopefully help or inspire and maybe give someone some knowledge that I've gained in my own life. I I don't have all the answers. I do have what I've learned and I can share it, you know, and maybe it'll help someone else in theirs. I don't know, but I might as well put it out there and see where it goes. And hopefully it can help someone.
1: You know, that comes in part three of your book. You talk about your aspirations coming to fruition. Yes. Talk about that with us.
0: It was a journey becoming an author. Like, I didn't know until high school that I never thought about it, that this might be my career, my full-time desire in life as far as professionally, you know. Um, but I had a high school teacher who, you know, I have a few high school teachers I still keep in contact with. But so she's like, you can write. You can use this. God gave- I went to a Christian school for most of my education um, before college. And she's like, you can, God gives us gifts. You- He's given you this for a reason we're we're created with purpose you're supposed to do something with this and you can write whatever you want just find your voice and find your story and so I started thinking about it in a different light other than it was just something I was interested in as a kid you know we all have our like ooh, that's cool let's go do that as a kid type thing but I saw a bigger picture of it you know what I mean and then I just started writing and kind of working on my craft I didn't really go to school for it I I had different I mean I was an English minor but I didn't like do it for that reason I just I was liberal arts. I'm a liberal arts girl. Um, and so I started working on my craft and writing things that I cared about. And then in 2006, for better or for worse, it is what it is. Um, I saw a TV show that I really personally like a lot. <laughs> and I saw an example of this character of Carrie Bradshaw, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, that she was a columnist. And she wrote of her passion, like these little weekly columns. I'm like, I know it's fiction, but if she can write about her passions in like little chapters, like you said, they're short chapters, why couldn't I do that on religion is what I've done in one of my series. And when I became a mom, I thought, well, I can do that in motherhood. And when I got my master's in political science in 2016, I was like, I can do that. I These are things that I'm passionate about that I have an opinion on or I have knowledge in. And in those series, it's not so much about what I think I've learned or gained. It's more of let's have conversation starters and let's change the dialogue and you know because that's how we learn that's how we gain knowledge That's how we get information knowledge is power and I did want to share my experiences with people and so I started from there and then it was more of I had no problem writing and I was very comfortable with my writing but it was how do I get it out there in the world you know it's fine and all good to be in a journal or in a laptop somewhere you know in a computer file or in google drive or whatever you do you know but how do I get it out there? And I tried traditional publishing for about a year, but that involves like, you know, brick and mortar, New York, LA, whatever publishing houses like Random House or, you know, Penguin or whatever, you know, pick your, in the personal world, Thomas or Nelson or whatever, pick your choice of umpteen millions. And it usually involves soliciting liter- literary agents that shops your book to these publishing houses. And it's this whole process. And that wasn't working for me. And then I guess around 2019, I was on Facebook and I was stumbling across an organization called Self-Publishing School done by Chandler Bolt. If anyone's been on Facebook, you've probably seen them. And it was this organization that literally teaches you step-by-step if you don't know how to write or not come towards your writing. It teaches you the writing process, but I was already kind of there. But the book production side of it, of what it looks like when you go from manuscript on your computer in a file (laughs) on a thumb drive or Google Doc or whatever to actually when a person orders on Amazon or in a bookstore, the actual physical copy in your hand. And so I learned how to self-publish, like get an editor, get a formatter, do cover design, whatever, and marketing and promotion. And so that's how I kind of did all that stuff. And I thought to myself when I found them, I'm like, wait a minute. I If I can learn this once, I can do this over and over and over again. And that's what I pursued it to do. And then I got into, um, in May of 2020, I got into the, more, um, advanced or more, uh, advantageous in my opinion of marketing and advertising and promotion through podcasting, which is how I coming you and a bunch of others. <laughs> so that's kind of been my own little journey as an author of how I've gotten to this point and how I plan to be more. But I mean, you know, it's not, it's not just one way, but I think it works the best because that's what it's done for me, but that's how I've gotten there. Uh, It was kind of like my own journey of how I was starting to realize my aspirations. Now, what started that chapter was I did publish the first book through a different way 10 years ago, but that was before I knew about um, Amazon KDP, for the ones who don't know in the publishing world, uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, which is Amazon's own self-publishing company. And that was before, I believe, self-publishing school ever existed. So it was a different way of doing it. Excuse me.
1: Well, that's a remarkable journey, you know, going through a learning phase it's scary to me, and I'm I'm thinking about doing the same thing, and I'm actually taking note from you. <laughs> so well, I'd but, be glad to answer any questions you have.
0: I don't mind that at all. I don't mind sharing my knowledge.
1: <laughs> well, well, I appreciate that, and you know, I'm going to hook you up or hit you up on that. That'd be uh, awesome. I would love to do that. Yeah, and
0: I'll share any knowledge I have. Truly, it doesn't bother me.
1: Yeah, I, I love knowledge like <laughs> that. It's wonderful. One of the best parts of the book for me was part five uh it's five chapters yeah five chapters yes i believe so and it says uh how to go from surviving to thriving so we heard quite a bit of your past experiences and that sounds like yes you're a survivor so do you feel like you're thriving now and why
0: i do in some respects and some aspects i mean every day is different i'm doing the best i can i'm still finding my way but compared to 2017 when you know the day happened and my husband john died you know I obviously wasn't driving I mean, then i was you know emotionally feeling like i was a as anyone would be a pedal on the floor but oh you know a lot's happened in the last four years and they're still hard days but between figuring out what to do and just trying to do the next right thing and knowing i had to make choices and knowing how to work on mindset and a big piece of this journey of grief and losses and self-care which i did not always do well with that at all because if y'all haven't figured it out i'm very much a perfectionist type a a little ocd (laughs) (laughs) overachiever you know i'm going 90 to nothing a lot of times my friends tell me but anyway so i you know i don't usually take a lot of time for myself but um, i can tell you from firsthand experience literally And the journey of grief, if you want to make the difference between drowning and keeping your head above water, you will absolutely do self-care. You do not have a choice. (laughs) Well, you do have a choice, but it will not go well for you, let's put it that way. And so I've tried to improve on that. And that can be anything involving caring for myself or oneself. It could be counseling. It could be I just need to chill out. I need to go out with friends. I need a night off. whatever Whatever your hobby is that makes you feel peaceful, I don't care. It's anything that involves helping you care for yourself so that you can stay balanced, focus and center even if that means you have to reset, recharge, whatever, so that you can keep your mindset on track, so that you can stay true to the choices that you want and do what you got to do. So that's been a big part of it, and part of that self-care has been my counseling. It has been getting the resources I needed. It's relying on my tribe of friends. has been phenomenal over the last four years, so that's kind of summed into pieces of that formula of over the last four years, how I went from the beginning on April 4th of 2017 to standing and doing what I'm doing now yeah that's that answers yeah. the question
1: yeah that's wonderful okay so Michaela you've already stated you're a firm believer and you're Christian you talk a little bit about my truths in part six of the book and it says I am washed by the water yes yeah. could we talk about that
0: it came from a need to breathe song because one of my best ways of handling life because of probably because I'm visually impaired and I learn about the world through my hearing, so I'm extremely avid, avid lover, passionate about music. Now, that does that mean I can sing or play instruments? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I enjoy it, okay, and have a huge interest in it. So I very much deal with the world through music and I associate everything with music. So I have what I call therapy list of music and I have a secular one and I have a Christian one. Well, I had been kind of out of the... Christian world music scene for a while but as I got back to Louisiana and started this new journey I discovered the group need to bring breeze excuse me I know I'm a little late to that party but I discovered their music and okay for anyone who's raised in the church and knows hymns there's an old hymn called it's well with my soul well it is true but those words in that moment kind of rubbed me the wrong way I was like this cannot be well my soul is well but the reality of my life is not well with my soul but then when I heard and I know that's kind of putting semantics here in people's words and a lot of people love that hymn and it's a beautiful hymn and there's a beautiful story behind it and that's fine but it just wasn't setting well for me at that time in that moment but when I heard need to breathe it was saying no matter what I'm still washed by the blood of Christ so I'm still eternally saved so no matter what may be going around me I at least have that and at that time I could wrap my mind around that And so it was reassuring, and I was like, I don't know where all the rest of this is going to land, but that foundation I can claim and stand on it. So that's where that came from.
1: That's wonderful. Well, Michaela, do you have any call to action for my listeners?
0: I would love it if y'all would check out the books, but as far as your own individual life, I would say, remember, life is a choice. Be willing to define it for yourself, and... Do what you have to do to thrive and enjoy the journey. You only get one.
1: That's wonderful. How can people get a hold of you and connect with you?
0: I have a website called MyHeartfeltMeditation dot com, and all the odds and ends are there, like Facebook, Instagram, you know, all the things. But um, yeah, so you can. It's kind of a one-stop shop. You can get to get to all of them through that website.
1: Well, have have you thought of doing a podcast of your own?
0: people have asked me that. It's real interesting. And I think there are amazing things. But as you can see, I'm a very busy person, as everyone else. And I just have so much on my plate right now that I am wanting to get accomplished. So I'm not saying no to it or considering it. But I think that's gonna have to be something down the road that I'm gonna have to really give some due time and dive into it if I ever do it. Because I have um two million million books to write. And I'm trying to do speaking engagements and boarding podcasting and I'm really liking the thought of working with another organization, Thought Leader, that helps people get TEDx talks. And so I'm putting all my energies into that stuff right now. Oh, and I have two kids
1: to raise too. Let's don't forget that, okay? Yes, yes. you are a very busy lady. I don't know how you get the energy. The passion just comes naturally to you out of all of your heartache and struggles. You're a fascinating woman. And I really encourage people to connect and hook up and read some of this and she's on many many podcasts so hook up with Michaela. Michaela I say thank you very much for returning to the podcast. And well I'm honored to be back
0: and I appreciate you so thank you for this opportunity again.
1: Yes and make sure you keep up our audience on what you're doing.
0: Yes yeah, I would love to stay in touch and stay contacted and Again, I'm glad to share my message with anybody. And if you have any questions for you, future reference, let me up. You know where to find me.
1: <laughs> you're a beautiful person. Thank you for what you're doing.
0: Thank you for having me. And you have a great day.
1: Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast enlightening, entertaining, educational in any way, please share, like, subscribe. And join us right back here next week for another great episode of Dead America Podcast. I'm Ed Waters, your host. Enjoy your afternoon, wherever you may be.